Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Mary Zock. She was, if you remember, she was with us probably about a month or so ago. We were talking about Planned Parenthood. She is the director of the Center of Human Dignity at the Family Research Council. And today we get to talk about the carnage of the first hundred days of the Biden administration. So if you embrace the moral teachings of the Catholic Church, then you are definitely uh, unhappy with how the first hundred days went. And there's not a lot of hope the next hundred or the next hundred after that are going to get any better. Thanks for joining us, Mary. Thanks so much for having me, Deacon. So I guess before we get started, uh, if you had to grade the Biden administration on the first hundred days, what grade would you give them? Well, as a former teacher, I can say with certainty, uh, President Biden would be failing. Um, his his first hundred days have proven to be even worse than President Obama's, um, and and he did pretty poorly. Uh, so, you know, I can say with certainty he would be getting an F. Yeah, that that was not a high bar, and and he was he was able to not uh, to reach it without any problem. I forget. I think in the what the first week or so he had thirty seven executive orders. I think he's had sixty. So far, I mean, I think the only reason he's down at 60 because his pens ran out of ink. Right. Um, But I mean, when you look at just the litany of the things that are going on, I I, I will say, though, I think when he campaigned, he campaigned on the exact stuff he's doing. But people voted for him anyway. It's almost like I heard someone mention the other day he was like the Trojan horse. They just it was an anti-Trump vote. They get him in there. He gets in there and then. The Trojan horse opens up and Katie bar the door. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. You know, President Biden campaigned on um, he, he sold unity to the American public. He said that he would come into office and he would be everybody's president, even the people who didn't vote for him. Well, he's shown in the first hundred days that the only people whose opinion he's taking into account, the only people whose whose desires for America that he's taking into account are those on the radical left. Yeah. I mean, you know, he did vote as, you know, a pro-abortionist. He did pro, uh, you know, campaign, I should say, as, you know, friendly to the LBGTQ community, the transgender community. And he has done nothing but uh, acquiesce to every concern or everything that they've wanted. But when you look at the first hundred days, we'll just kind of go through some of the topics. But let's just let's just hit abortion first. Right. I mean, the Mexico City policy was canceled, uh, you know, about two seconds after he got inaugurated. Certainly. And, and you know, one of, one of the other first things he did was uh, issue a statement on Roe v. Wade talking about how um, how great it is for the American people and, and really just um just praising that horrific decision that has ended the lives of so many innocent unborn children. Uh, The Mexico City policy, as you mentioned, it has overwhelming support from the American public who who recognize that even who even the pro-choice Americans recognize that American taxpayer dollars should not be going to pay for abortions abroad. Um, But but President Biden doesn't care. He just 
he knows who funded his campaign, and and we know that that was uh, the abortion industry, and and he is committed to padding padding their wallets now. Well, we are starting to see. I mean, you know, if there's any fruits that are coming from this, you're starting to see uh, bishops across the country actually standing up. Whether it's uh, Archbishop Corleone out of uh, San Francisco, Archbishop Aquila out of Denver, you know, to stay up and say, "Look, guys like this who promote a culture of death and claim to be Catholic, although they are Catholic, who claim to represent the teachings of the Catholic Church." Uh, should not be receiving communion. So you are starting to see more pushback than I've seen in a long time. And thank goodness. I, I mean, it was only about uh, a week and a half ago that when asked about President Biden's support for abortion, for transgender ideology, for all of these things that go against the teachings of the Catholic Church, his spokeswoman said the president respectfully disagrees with the Catholic Church on that. Uh-huh. But but previously, when when she was asked about um, the president's support for the Hyde Amendment, uh, she she said, I'd like to take the opportunity to remind everyone that the president is a practicing Catholic who who went to church this morning. Um, and, and so it's it's this double talk of he's a Catholic who doesn't agree with any teachings of the Catholic Church. It's, it's very sad. Yeah, when it comes to the moral teachings on life, marriage, religious liberty, all those things, you know, he, he minds will be an atheist from Mars because he is as far away from the teachings of the Catholic Church as you can be. Yet there are some, unfortunately, like Cardinal Supich, who took umbrage at what Archbishop uh, Aquila wrote. So, you, you, you know, unfortunately, we do have those pockets in our church who don't get it and are leading souls in a, in a bad direction. But you're right. I mean, I, I actually, that was my next thing to bring up. You must be looking at my notes. <laughs> was, was Jennifer, was it, how does she pronounce her name? Is it Saki? I think it's Saki. Saki, who says, I respectfully disagree. Now, I think if anybody listening thinks of that, how do you respectfully disagree with the truth? And any of you who are listening and if your child, if you told your child they couldn't do something that was an absolute, and they said, "Mom, Dad, I respectfully disagree with you," that you'd say, "Oh, okay." Since you did it respectfully, then everything's fine. Yeah, and and this isn't a person who's just respectfully disagreeing. <laughs> this is a person who is enacting policy that is directly funding abortion providers. Even even the COVID bill that he signed directly paid for abortions. He's committed to having Americans who who believe, and rightfully so, believe that abortion is the taking of an innocent life in the womb. He's committed to their taxpayer dollars paying for the abortions of low-income women. Um, he's, he's committed to the little sisters of the poor paying for contraception. He's committed to uh, forcing Title X recipients to refer for abortions. This isn't just respectful disagreement. These are actions that are taking place to destroy the sanctity of human life. And people need to be held accountable for their actions. And not only that, he dismantled the ethics committee that monitored federal funded uh, fetal tissue research. So basically all he did was open the door for more of that to happen. And anybody within just the last few days, if you've looked, 
at what the University of Pittsburgh is doing, right? Taking scalps from fetuses and attaching them to mice or rats, depending on who you hear, uh, to see if they will grow. I mean, this stuff is unconscionable, and he is leading the charge when it comes to this. And, you know, the other thing to, to talk about is not only is he doing it, but everyone he has appointed, right, is doing the same, whether it's the Health and Human Services Secretary, uh, Xavier Becerra, right? You got Rachel Levine, a transgender doctor who's pushing, you know, cross-sex hormones and puberty-blocking drugs on young children. Uh, he has assembled a cast of characters that are so against life, marriage, religious freedom, you'd be hard-pressed to come up with a worse group. Exactly. He's, I mean, personnel is policy. And the people that he has put into place, every, every single person he has nominated is anti-life, um, is, is anti-biblical uh, teachings on marriage. Uh, his, his, his people who will be creating policies and running the various agencies around the country, their, their beliefs are so antithetical to Catholic moral teaching. Um, it's, it's, it's creating a, a frightening future. His support for transgender ideology. And, and there was something in uh, the loop just this week, uh, an article where he is going to attack the states that are trying to protect women's sports, right? He is totally promoting, right? Sending puberty blocking drugs, cross-sex hormones to children, basically the chemical castration of children and living the lie that there are more than two sexes, either male or female, he's he's got the flag of that, and he's just running as fast as he can, even for an old man. He absolutely is, and you know the the sports issue, the uh, attacking uh, women's sports, saying that transgender men should be allowed to play women's sports. It's it's really shocking. You know, I was a I played basketball at the University of Notre Dame. Um, and I, I was a walk-on there, and our team was pretty good. We uh, we came in in second in the country. We lost in the national championship, um, but every day we practiced against guys, um, and and they were they were good athletes, but they weren't they weren't on the men's basketball team. They weren't right. Uh, right. men who were playing who who had scholarship offers from other Division One schools. They were, they were men who played pickup in the gym. Um, and, and every day, you know, they were bigger, stronger, and faster than we were. And we were the second best team in the country. Um, so, so for President Biden to be endorsing, um, endorsing transgender male, transgender males playing women's sports or men who identify as transgender playing women's sports, it's, it, he's really just calling for the elimination of women excelling in sports. Yeah, I mean, they come across, you know, the, the extreme left comes across as, you know, you know, loving women, appreciating women, but everything they do attacks women, whether it's the marriage, whether it's the abortion, whether it's the transgender ideology that attacks the sports. And now, supposedly, you know, based on the article I just read, that he is now going to punish those states that actually believe in biology and science, something that they consistently try to push with this COVID deal. Uh, yet even they deny, they 
deny science when it comes to the biological sex of male female and and it's it's just another lie that we're trying to believe another lie that we're we're trying to feed uh, young people across America. You know, we see this indoctrination taking place in schools. Um, and, and with the president of the United States saying he's going to punish states um, for, for not capitulating to this lie, what, what little kid is going to stand up and say, yeah, actually, I, I believe that there's only boys and girls. Uh, what, what is, what's the future of America going to look like when we have the president saying, you have to believe this? Um, even even though it's a lie. Well, in the end, it'll shake the tree, right? You'll you'll find out who believes in the truth and is willing to die for the truth. And oh, by the way, somebody very special did that a long time ago. Uh, Jesus Christ has kind of set the model for us with his crucifixion. We we need to make sure that we defend the truth. What we are seeing in the presidency of the United States in these first hundred days, and it'll be the next hundred and the next hundred, unfortunately, right, is Nobody cares in that in that group for the souls of the individuals of the United States. The soul is is totally irrelevant. It's all about money. It's all about ideology and it's all about spreading lies. And that's that's what got voted for. And we're seeing it right and left. And you mentioned it, right? Little boys, little girls, moms and dads are going to have to stand up and get a backbone and defend the truth because. You have social media against us. We have the entertainment industry against us. We have big tech. We have, you know, I just read, you know, 400 corporations are supporting the Equality Act. So evil has lined up against us and we have truth on our side. And that's if this doesn't wake people up, I don't know what will. I hope it does wake people up. And and this is sort of a it's a. It's a different form of heroism to stand up against lies. Um, it's there's there's certainly you know we can we are we are lucky to say that in the United States we're blessed to say people are not being physically persecuted for their religious beliefs at this point, um, but but we are certainly being persecuted for for what we believe um, and and. You know, hopefully it does make us stronger. We, the the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, right? And um, so hopefully this does make Americans stronger and more committed to their faith. Well, I mean, if it doesn't, and, you know, for those that voted for him, right, you're complicit in what's going on right now because he said he was going to promote abortion. He said he was going to promote transgender ideology. Uh, the attacks are going to keep coming. So you don't vote for a president just because you don't like one of them's personality. You vote for somebody who's going to defend the moral truths, or as many of them as you can find, uh, in the teachings of the church. I mean, let's talk about the border crisis, right? We have kids being stacked up in the border in Texas, like cordwood, and they're supposed to be caring about the immigrant, right? This isn't caring about the immigrant. This is this is trying to get votes when in reality, there's no care whatsoever about the image. Right. It's it's using people. And that's that's what we saw the entire election. You know, some of the statements that President Biden made in his campaign about minorities uh, showed that he has no actual regard for these people. All he wanted was their vote. 
and his actions since then have have reflected that. Um, his actions, at, you know, with what's going on at the border, his complete denial of the border crisis, um, it, it's shown he doesn't actually care. Um, all, all he wanted was power. You know, you mentioned how he treats other people, right? They're pushing this critical race theory, right? His secretary of education, and, and her name escapes me at this point, uh, is trying to force critical race theory teaching throughout the country, right? We have Texas right now trying to pass a law to block critical race theory. All this is, is trying to uh, use the guise of systemic racism, which there is racism in the United States, but it's not systemic. And this is really just a way to pit one ethnicity against the other in terms of creating the turmoil so they can go through and do whatever they want. And exactly what President Biden campaigned on again was was unity was bringing the country back together but this is certainly not the way to do it we can't we can't tell people that they should be looking for the the evil in others that they should be on the lookout for you know for someone to to do evil to them we we should be looking for the good in each other and trying to find it we should demanding that we should be demanding that people treat each other with respect and loving kindness. Um, but but I, I think that that all goes back to demanding that from the moment of conception. And um, when, when we uh, have a president who endorses destroying life in the womb, which we know disproportionately impacts African-Americans, uh, we, we, can't, we can't be shocked then to see that there's violence in our streets. You know, when we when we can destroy life where it should be most protected, we we can't be shocked. No, and I think you're I think you're exactly right. I mean, in, in the end, if you can't defend the life of the most defenseless, which which obviously is the unborn, then you know you have no solid footing to talk about any moral issues. You have no credibility. Absolutely not. You you certainly don't. And and you know we have Mother's Day approaching here um, on on Sunday, which I know for for a lot of moms will be a very sad day. Um, and and that will be for those moms who have lost a child, whether um, whether through through miscarriage or through the death of their child or through the tragedy of abortion. And for those moms who have lost their child through the tragedy of abortion. They were fed a lie. And, and now the president of the United States is one of the greatest proponents of that lie. Um, and, and we just need to call for an end to that. Yeah, I mean, you look at the border crisis, you look at, you know, he's failed to reopen schools. He's let the right. He's let the education unions dictate what's going on. You know, his his support or at least considering support for court packing. Right. His his ability or inability to deal with China and let them get away with what they're doing to the Uyghurs and different people. I mean, it is just it's almost like how can it get any worse? And then the next thing that happens, you're like, well, I guess now I know how it can get worse. It really is a litany of of policies and uh, attacks on the moral foundation of everyone 
is what we've seen over the last hundred days. And so I think your F score is great only because you can't give lower than an F. Exactly. And, you know, just after the hundred days, um, just after we published our, our info on the hundred days, uh, President Biden came out with his American Families Plan. You know, which um, he he uh, proposes to um, invest, he says, in in childcare for um, for Americans, so that we can get more mothers, primarily, back into the labor force. Um, but but the problem is he 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 talks about the lifelong consequences of a parent, either mother or father, um, raising their children, prioritizing raising their children. Uh, the problem is he doesn't recognize that those lifelong consequences are actually good. That that when <laughs> parents raise their children, we end up with healthy, well-adjusted, loving children who know that they're loved and who want to love and care for others. Um, and and it's clear in his American Families Plan, the only families that President Biden consulted with are are elites um, who uh, either or don't have children or um, or who have very few children. And because we know from the surveys that the middle, lower and working class families would actually prefer that, that instead there was more flexibility for them to be the ones to actually raise their children. Um, so as you said, his plans just keep getting worse and worse. And I don't think that we should look for any improvement in the next 100 days. Um, we can certainly pray for it. Uh, but well, I think I think you're right. Right. In the end, we have to pray for him. We have to pray for our country, pray for all our leaders that they will actually embrace the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, when you're talking big government spending trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars without any any thought of how are we going to pay for that? And then you got, you know, then pushing this, you know, the COVID uh, stuff. And I don't want to go too crazy, but I was literally just watching a video before we took this phone call where Kamala Harris kissed her husband goodbye before she got on Air Force One. And they kissed each other with masks on and they have both been vaccinated. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, it's, it's like it's like a bad comedy show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now you're you're way too young, but it's like a Monty Python skit where you're like, there is, you know, you're laughing at it because it's so absurd, and, and um, unfortunately, the absurdity has become reality. It really has, and the the COVID, um, you know, the pandemic, uh, regardless of of where people are on um, the vaccines, I think I think there's there's uh, two options: either the vaccine works, and um, we don't, you know, we don't need to be kissing each other through masks anymore, um, <laughs> or it doesn't work, and we don't need to be promoting everybody getting it. Um, but it, yeah. it seems they can't even pick on that. Well, and I mean, the optics, you know, are as absurd as the policies. I mean, he was on a Zoom call. With leaders, I don't know. It's the G eight now, the G nine. I don't know how many how many uh, G's there are anymore. All right, and he's wearing a mask on a Zoom call. Now I can assure you, anybody listening today, neither Mary nor I are wearing masks because this we wouldn't be probably in person anyway. But this is a phone call, and we're not wearing masks yet. 
The president of the United States on a Zoom call with world leaders is wearing a mask. It's really just too much. It's absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> but it's right in line with, you know, the absurdity of uh, like Planned Parenthood today tweeted out happy Mother's Day to basically anyone, any gender, any mentor, anything. Um, everyone can be a mom, they said. Um, so, uh, you know, this this inability to believe in in science, um, except when it except when it's politically advantageous for you to do so. Um, it's it's just a, a, a common thread between everything that the left has decided to accept. Well, I don't know. I also saw just, it was today or very recently, that Sweden, you know, liberal Sweden, is now backing off cross-sex hormones and puberty-blocking drugs for kids less than 16 because they, even Sweden has come to the understanding that this is bad news. So you wonder when and if the United States will ever become a leader again and and do what's right as opposed to just being followers. I mean, when Sweden's leading you on something that makes sense, you ought to be very concerned. Yeah, yeah, you're in a pretty bad spot when they're the leader. We, I know back in 1970, the American Medical Association met to debate whether or not they would support the um, the the Roe v. Roe v. Wade, um, or whether they, or not they would support the legalization of abortion. They were later asked if they would submit an, an amicus brief to on Roe v. Wade, um, and they they said no on that. Um, but but in their debate, one of the doctors prophetically said, you know if. If we uh, allow the legalization of abortion, then the patient will become the doctor. She will make the diagnosis and prescribe the prescription, um, and or and write the prescription. And yep. and and Dr. Alan Guttmacher, who was then the president of Planned Parenthood, um, he said uh, he said, yeah, you know, the legalization of abortion will make a doctor just a rubber stamp. Um, and that's where we are today with, especially with this gender stuff, the patient has become the physician, uh, and doctors are just a rubber stamp who just, they just do whatever the patient asks for, whether or not it's actually good for them. And that's a really, really scary place to be, especially in medicine. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.